today than usual because Washington County is on spring break. So if there was a day that you wanted to sign up to work in the kids' barn, it was today. Um, so you've missed your chance. And I'm so glad you did. <laughs> you know, I got to tell you, as the kids are leaving, I just love where God has our church. The, the simplicity of what we do, especially here on Wednesday nights, is, uh, is so refreshing to me. You know, the, the, the ability to just be ourselves and Todd to say, oh, I forgot how that song goes. And, uh, you know, it just, it's, it's amazing. And, 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 you know, honestly, Craig stepping up and saying, I'll do the prayer sheet. That is, if you guys know Craig, that's crazy <laughs> that, he would, that he would say, I'll do that. And Dave prayed in public tonight, like out loud. For everyone to hear. So, I, I, I just, honestly, I just love where God has us. Isn't it refreshing? You know, it's not a show. It's not a bunch of, you know, it's just reality and, and simplicity. Somebody called it authentic. And I love that adjective, authentic. Amen? Um, so, if you guys have your Bibles with me today, uh, jump over to Luke for me. Luke chapter 22. Um, I've got a confession to make. It has been almost three years since I've preached to adults. Three years. I've, been, I've done the youth a lot of times um, and, and small men's groups, things like that. But it's been three years since I got to stand up here or any other church for that matter and uh, share what God's put on my heart. So I'm excited, but I'm also a little nervous. Amen to that. And I got to warn you, so after three years, you can imagine how much God's been giving to me for three years. So we might be here a little while. Just going to warn you. Nobody really laughed. A few people laughed. I was joking. I was really just kidding. I'm going to try to keep it because I'd like them to ask me to preach again. So I'm going to try to keep it within some sort of a time frame. Uh, Luke chapter 22, verse 31 and 32. And the Lord said, Simon, 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 indeed, Satan has asked for you, that he may sift you as wheat. But I have prayed for you, that your faith should not fail. And when you have returned to me, strengthen your brethren. Let's pray one more time before we get started. Father, in your place as paramount, sovereign, king. God, I don't want this just to be me standing up here clanging cymbals. God, I want this to be directly from your heart. Um, so Lord, whatever you have to do to make that happen tonight, God, do it. Um, because God, we're here for you. We're not here out of obligation. Um, we're not here to be seen or to be heard. God, we're here because we want to we want to know you better. We want to know how to serve you better. Um, and we just praise you for that, God. In Jesus' name, amen. So 
again, it's been a while, so some of you may not remember, but really whenever I preach, I really just talk to you guys about what God's doing in my own heart, okay? And God showed me this scripture, uh, did something with me with this scripture about a month ago before I even knew that I was going to preach, and most of the time I just send texts out to some guys when God's put something on my heart and try to be an encouragement that way, but this is immediately where God took me again when they asked me to, to take a Wednesday night. Um, so what we're going to do here is we're going to, I'm going to break this scripture down. We're going to go line by line, verse by verse. I'm, I'm not a Baptist preacher, so I don't have three points. I'm Pentecostal, so I have five, five points. Or Pentecostal preacher. Is that okay? I'll get through them quick. I'll get through them quick. Guys, what really the scripture I should have started with was James chapter, chapter one, verse two. It says, brethren, count it all joy. When you fall under various trials, count it all joy when you fall under various trials. If I knew James, I would call him crazy. Like, really? Like the whole definition of the word trials isn't a good thing. So why would you count something like that joy? As we break down this scripture, keep that, keep that scripture in mind as we break down um, the scripture that we're in here, Okay. So verse by verse, and keep trials in mind. Count it all joy. And the Lord said, Simon, Simon. So the first thing I notice is that, that Jesus used his proper name. And then he used the word indeed. Has anybody in here ever used that word? <laughs> indeed. Indeed. Indubitably. I, don't, I had to look it up to see what it meant. But it actually meant that... It, it's a specific, he wants, he, he wants you to pay attention. So he uses his proper name, Simon Simon. He says it twice, and then he says, pay attention. Daniel Dunham Fletcher, look at me. I'm getting ready to tell you something very important. Satan has asked for you. So my point number one is, Satan has no authority. So, again, we're talking about trials. Now, I realize that we're, I, I'm talking to Grace Meadows, and I'm talking especially on a Wednesday night. So, like, you guys, if there was any perfect congregation, it's the Grace Meadows Wednesday night congregation. So I realize none of you ever go through trials. I understand that. And none of you, none of you probably fail either, right? I mean, so I'm going to preach this message in, in the hopes that you know someone who is going through a trial or the hopes that you know someone who has failed, but maybe, just maybe, you failed. Maybe just maybe you're going through a trial. Maybe just maybe you know someone who is going through a trial or has been through a trial. And you've stopped and thought, why? Why? Simon, Simon, indeed, Satan has asked for you. Satan has no authority. A lot of times when we go through trials or failures, we immediately blame it on the enemy, don't we? Especially here in East Tennessee. That dang devil, he made me do it. That devil, he's all over me. Is that a good East Tennessee accent? That dang devil, he has no authority. He had to go to God and ask for Simon, for Peter. He couldn't just go to him. He had to get permission. So number one, the enemy has no authority. Understand who he is. He is under your foot. 
in order for him to even touch you, he has to have permission. Amen? Simon, Simon, Satan has asked for you, comma, that he may sift you like wheat. <laughs> Here's a hard truth, okay? For any of you who are going through anything or have gone through something, Jesus said yes. Satan at some point in time went to God and asked if he could sift Simon Peter like wheat. And Jesus said yes. So as we're going through trials, and we're supposed to count them all joy, it just so happens it could be that Jesus allowed this. That God allowed this to happen. That's hard, right? Because what I would like to think if Satan came to, to God and said, let me have Dan. I want to sift him like wheat. I'd like to think of Jesus as my big brother, and he's got my back. And he'd say no. And I think sometimes he might. He probably does. But sometimes he says yes. God allows divorce. God allows death. He allows sickness. He allows wars. God allows these things. But he has a purpose. But he has a purpose. So there's a comma. Satan has asked for you, he tells Simon, and then he says that he may sift you like wheat. But I have prayed for you. My point number two is, there's always a purpose in the affliction. Okay? Now, I ask myself, why would Satan say, or why would Jesus say yes? Why would he allow Satan to sift Peter like wheat? Why does he allow Satan to do things in our own lives? Why, why does divorce happen? Why does, does financial struggles happen? Why do, why, why do people die? Why does Braden Godsey have cancer right now? A 12-year-old boy who we love dearly and... He's in Memphis, and he's suddenly got cancer, and he's dealing. He's got to go through chemo. He got a pick line today. Pray for the Godsey family, please. Why? So here's the, the best example that I can think of. Okay? I'm going to give you a couple. You guys know my son. A lot of you know my son really well. Um, but he's, 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 he's me made over. That's a bad thing. But he's 12 years old. He's going to be 13 next month. And he loves to play basketball. Like, that's his thing. He just loves basketball. He would have been much better because if you've seen him, guys, he takes more after my wife. Okay? In, in his stature, I should say. Okay? It's not a joke. I'm not making fun of shorter people. I'm, not make, I'm just saying that he takes after her, and he's a little shorter. He was a great baseball player. He's super fast. He could, do it, could have done a million other things, but he wanted to play basketball. Now, if I wanted to protect him, I would probably let him play basketball against kids younger than he is or smaller. But I know that he really loves basketball and he wants to be extremely good at it. So I purposely put him in positions for him to fail. 
like that. I purposely put him on basketball teams with guys twice his size, twice his weight. Purposely. Because I need him to learn through adversity. I believe Jesus does the same thing for us. He wants us to be the best that we can possibly be. And in order to be the best that he can possibly to be, he needs us to go through some things. He needs us to learn how to love unconditionally. So he puts us through some things. So you guys know my dad. Some of you know my dad. Um, and you could be a little transparent here. My dad and I, we grew up in, I grew up in Florida. He was in Indiana. We weren't real close. And I saw him a couple times a year. Weren't, well, maybe talked to him on the phone once a month, maybe. He's a good dad. He did the best that he could, but we lived so far apart. So we just weren't close. And then after I got married, we still weren't very close. And, you know, he's just, he's busy with work, and I'm busy raising a family and kids and business and all that stuff. And lo and behold, three years ago, he moves here. I don't even, I, I, I know my dad, but I don't really know my dad. You know what I mean? We just weren't very close. He really wasn't much of a father figure to me, but life happens and he moves here to be with us. Well, the next three years, you know, we see him when we can and he tells me I don't see him enough and I'm going to be completely honest with you, I have a hard time with my dad. And he's probably going to watch this and listen to this, but it gets better, so hold on. I have a hard time with him. I, you know, I don't know him real well, and I guarantee you he'd tell you the same thing about me. He probably has a very hard time with me. But then last, back in, uh, back in January, I got COVID. And it hit Dad pretty hard. And I found myself in a position where I prayed for my dad like I've never prayed for him before. And no, you, those of you who know me really well, you know the way I pray. I pray full of faith. God, you are going to heal him in the name of Jesus. He is not going to. He's going to walk out of here. He's going to, it's going to be perfectly fine. His oxygen level is going to come up. His lungs are going to be healed. In the name of Jesus, he is healed. I proclaim it. I, I speak to that mountain. He didn't hear me. He got worse. full of faith at least I know of a mustard seed I know who you are I know what you can do heal my dad he got worse and I found myself in a position that I never imagined maybe because I didn't want to that I was taking care of my dad he couldn't do he's very proud and he couldn't do for himself he couldn't cook he couldn't couldn't bathe himself he couldn't and here I am just suddenly smacked in the face with the reality of I've got to take care of my dad. God has a purpose in this affliction. There's a reason for the trial. Because now I see him so differently. Yeah, he's still crazy. You guys know that. this unbelievable patience for him 
where usually when I call him, I didn't want to, I, I just want to get on the phone as quickly as I possibly could. Now I can't wait to talk to him. It's the craziest thing. And I'm here to tell you, if God would have healed him, that would have never happened. God has a purpose for the afflicted. Amen? That he may sift you like wheat, but I have prayed for you. Point number three, guys, and I know this is verse by verse. This is the way God has been speaking to me in the word here lately. I have prayed for you. Y'all, we need to remember as you're going through a trial, Jesus is actively praying for you. He is actively on his hands and knees weeping like in the Garden of Gethsemane, crying, bleeding, tears, sweat for you. For you and your family. Is that not amazing? I mean, it's one thing to call, to call me and say, Brother Dan, I need you to pray for me. But you've got a king of kings, the savior of the world, on your side, praying for you. If there's anything that should make you feel better through your trial, through your failure, it should be knowing that you've got a brother, a king, praying for you that is on the right side of the Father. Jesus is praying for you, just like he prayed for Simon. Constantly praying for you. <laughs> this is amazing. But I have prayed for you, comma, that your faith should not fail. This is very interesting to me. Of all the things Jesus could have prayed for, for Simon, for Peter, of all the things, he could have prayed for his flesh. Could have prayed that, that, that Peter, let's, let's back up a little bit. Does everybody know what Peter's failure was? He denied Jesus three times. He denied him. Flat out, one to a little girl. Actually, this, it, it, this, this story is pretty neat because it's in all four Gospels. Told a little differently in all four. But in this particular, in Luke, says the little girl came to him twice. So to a little girl twice, he denied Christ, and then to a grown adult. And there's actually another, if you read that, it's, it's, it's on my same page. It's page 1,253. Um, but it's down in verse 54 in the same chapter. Read that sometimes, because there's a whole other sermon just in that. But Peter's failure. Jesus could have prayed for that. He could have just prayed for his flesh. I mean, wouldn't you have? I mean, right? Blake, wouldn't you think, well, I know he's, let's, let's pray for this. Let's pray for his flesh. So, guys, I want to talk to you guys who have some, who have loved ones who are failing. Because that's a trial, right? When you have a loved one, maybe a son, a daughter, maybe a spouse, maybe a, a parent who is just rebellious and just, they know they're born again. They're saved, they love Jesus, or at one time acted like they did, but now they're just failing and they're walking in rebellion. What do you talk to them about when you talk to them, when you encourage them? Like if, if it, let's just imagine, let's say they, they're smoking weed. Do you talk to them about the weed? 
Do you go to them and say, man, you really shouldn't be smoking weed? Don't you know what that does to you? Do you, do you, do you go to them and, you, and you, you try to talk them out of doing what it is that they're doing? Do you try to talk them into coming to church? Is that what you do? I mean, really, I, I, what do we do? Do we say, you know, you really need to be coming to church. You need to come to church with me this Sunday, this Wednesday. You just, come on, you need to come. It's amazing to me that Jesus didn't pray about the flesh. What did he pray about? Pray about the spirit. I'm convinced, and the more I read my Bible, the more I'm convinced that Jesus is so, isn't so much worried about what I'm doing with these. He's worried about where I'm at here. Because if our faith is right and strong, then our flesh is just going to follow. It's true. If your faith is strong, your flesh will follow. So I'm going to encourage you. If a trial that you're going through is watching someone destroy their life in disobedience, stop praying for their disobedience. Start praying for their faith. Amen? And when they come to you and talk to you, don't talk to them about their failures. See, because my Bible says that if he be lifted up, he'll draw all men to him. Just talk to them about Jesus. Not in a preachy way. Guys, I've told you this before. I didn't grow up in church. And I have a brother. I'm going to talk to you a lot about my family. But I have a brother who got saved at a very young age. And I'm going to save you the, all the details. But basically, he just preached to me all the time. I'd come in drunk, barely being able to walk, and he'd have his Bible open. What'd that make me want to do? It surely didn't want to make me know his God, because his God didn't understand me, according to how I believed. All the things he told me I wasn't supposed to be doing were all the things I wanted to do. But it wasn't until a little girl, young lady... introduced me to the real Jesus. See, I went on a date with her. We married her two years later, but I went on a date with her. Still, I did, I was, I, I did a gram of Coke that day. Went on a date with her. And all she told me was what Jesus did for me. See, faith is more important than flesh. Because it changed my life. Jesus and Jesus only. And how much he loves us. And it'll change the people in your lives' lives. Does that make sense? Change the people in your lives' lives. Faith above flesh. Let's keep going here. This is my favorite part, actually. He prayed for his faith should not fail. And then there's this little symbol right here. And I had to look it up. Actually, I had Travis Ledford look it up to confirm this. That's called a semicolon. Okay? <laughs> semicolon. And when you have returned to me, strengthen your brethren. So let's back up. Let's put this whole thing in a big, in a big bow here, okay? He comes to Simon. He has this conversation with him. He says, Simon, Simon. He says, indeed. 
Satan has asked for you that he may sift you like wheat. But I'm praying for you. And I'm praying that your faith will not fail. Semicolon. Jesus knew his flesh was going to fail. I call that the semicolon of grace. <laughs> You're never going to look at a semicolon the same way ever again. The semicolon of grace. Jesus already had a plan for Peter before he even failed. The forgiveness was already there before the offense ever happened. Because after the semicolon, he says, basically I'm going to paraphrase, he says, get to work. Strengthen your brother. Semicolon of grace. He does it again over here in, in Matthew. Listen to this. Same, same, same area, same conversation kind, but this time he's having it with all of his disciples. It says, in verse 32 and 33, ironically, or I'm sorry, 31, I've been crying and I can't see it. Praise the Lord. 31 and 32 says, then Jesus said to them, talking to his disciples, all of you will be made to stumble because of me this night. For it's written, I will strike the shepherd and the sheep of the flock will be scattered. But listen to this, verse 32. But after I have been raised, I will go before you to Galilee. Think about this, guys. Think about this. Here are the men and some women who have, who have been following Jesus for three years, seen all the miracles, heard all the words, seen all the love, all the forgiveness, all the redemption stories, all of it. And he goes to him and he says, you're getting ready to stab me in the back. Specifically, Peter. You're getting ready to absolutely turn your backs on me and smack me in the face. And then he says, when you get your heads on straight, I'm going before you and I'm going to be where you're supposed to be. He says to Simon Peter, when you return to me, get to work. What kind of, what kind of love is this? What kind of, are you kidding me? Faith above flesh, semicolon of grace, it puts failures and trials in a whole new perspective for me. We're all going to fail. We're all going to fall short. We're all going to mess up at some point in the way. And we have a king who prays for us, who gives us enough leeway to be human, and loves us through every part of it. Amen. Can I get the praise team to come on back up? Guys, God gave me a, uh, 
a pretty neat sentence that kind of wraps this whole thing up. And I'd like you to write it down. If you could. If you if you got something right down there. Because it's a pretty neat and it was it was in the time where um, this whole thing was going on with dad and uh, you know this whole thing with church is going on uh, with Hope Church getting ready to leave and all that and I, was, I was just whew, work was crazy busy and stressful and it was a, it was just a weird time in my life so I was really praying and God said uh, he said Dan the challenges the challenges that you face he said one I've allowed it two I provided the grace for you to meet it. And three, my plan is to make you better by it. I'm going to say that again, but I'm going to say it to you. The challenges that you face, God allowed it. It's hard, right? It's hard. But God allowed it. He has provided the grace for you to meet it. His plan is to make you better by it. I thought about it this way too before I pray, and then I'll, I'll, I'll sit down and stand up and sing with you. Grace Meadows, Grace Meadows, the enemy has asked for you that he may sift you like wheat. But I'm praying for you that you will not lose faith. And when you return to me, get to work. I know we don't understand where we're at right now as a church, and you know, six months ago it looked a lot different. Amen? We can be real, right? Looked a lot different. And there's things that we did as leaders that we could have done differently and we could have done better. And I'm thankful that we serve a God who has a plan. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we love you. Um, I love you. I have no idea what, what we would do without the hope of knowing you are in control. Through the good and the bad you're in control um, doesn't make trials easy by no means but God it uh, it helps it helps me to wake up tomorrow it helps me to walk out of that house knowing that you're in control no matter what my family faces no matter what happens to me through the day no matter what happens here in this church God you are in control and we worship you and I praise you for that so as we leave tonight God I pray Lord that we're able to look at trials a little differently, and we, we're able to look at failure a little differently, God. Because, Lord, you've got a plan, and you've got a purpose, and we worship you for that. You're an amazing God. Amen. Will you stand with us?